Welcome to episode 40 of The Raw Podcast with Dave and Paul. I'm Paul. I'm Dave. How's it going, man? That's going good. What's the crack? It's, 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 it's funny when we do this kind of like intro every time, as yeah. if we've just met each other. Yeah. We're, we're the, for the last hour, we've been playing with mic levels and squeaky Phones. seats and headphones yeah. and all that kind of nonsense. But it's going good, man. It's, it's going good. good. But it's very warm today. Did I kill the magic? Did I kill them? I know. But I can't open the window because it's too noisy. It's okay. Now leave it closed. It's too noisy. Nobody wants to hear that. No. So how have you been? I've been good, man. Yeah. I've been good. Busy. Yeah. It's summer. It's that time of the year. Hot and sweaty. Hot and sweaty. Dee always goes, why are you dressed like you should just wear shorts? And I go, but... To a wedding. I haven't got... No. No. Like today. Oh, yeah. yeah. You haven't got the legs for it. I have not got the legs. <clears throat> No. And the problem is, the more you wear trousers, the more you don't have the legs. Because no light ever gets at them. Exactly. So exactly. I, they're almost like... So you could land planes with those beaters. They're like blue. The they're yeah. like blue. Well, Dee's sister says, I'm like a... I'm like a... What'd she say? She was talking about like the paleness of skins. And she goes, you know Dave, he's, not like, a, he's, like, a, he's like a blue skin? That's me. <laughs> I'm, I've got blue skin. <laughs> Like an avatar. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You're all brown. You've yeah. been back. You've been away on holidays. Oh yeah. Do you want to ask me what way the yeah, beach? Be- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you hear? That? Did you hear that? No, laugh? hold on a second. Before, before you talk about, before what? you say what I know you're going to say. Right. You were just back from holidays, and you're going to go on holidays again. Man, but don't be telling. The wind industry that. has been kind to you. Or maybe it hasn't. I've got enough time to go on holidays again. That's true. How long are you away for? Just four days, five days, five days. That's it. And how long it. were you away for? Oh, seven days, seven days. So it's like it's like it's a two-week two holiday, holiday really, split, if you split, think about it, and just split it up. That's it. You're very brown. Thanks, man. You brown easy? Yeah, I I, I toast easy. You. I've been on the sunbeds all week, like you know. So. I know, I know. That's it. Yeah. So there Wait, you go. But if you want, you shouldn't. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. I shouldn't want well, no, go to the sunbeds if I was. Yeah. Uh, do they not like have loungers and stuff out there, or do you have to just use some beds? <laughs> well, actually, I was away in Portugal, and you know what, man? The evening light—it's just ah, they have it again, easy. Again, it's just they different. have it easy. It's just those, so those Port- Portuguese weather every photographers. night. Uh, maybe I'll wait till tomorrow night sunset to take that photo, mm. and you know it's going to happen. Like, whereas here it's like sunset, everybody outside. Run. Let's do it. It's a fact. It's a yeah, fact. It is. But I've sure, look. thought that. Um, so there you go. I so heard an extra little laugh there a second ago. Did you hear a little laugh there? It's our live studio audience. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest. Oh, unbelievable. It's actually happened. We got him. <laughs> finally, we got him. Finally got somebody else to talk to. We, we had it like, we had it like kind of like, um, entice how do we do it? Entice him to go Kenny with, you know, burgers, coffee, cake, um, Pringles. Um, M&M's uh, Yeah I mean that's kind of like a, This was kind of like stuff. an after thing really This was like a bonus He didn't even know this yeah. was happening But we all, got him All the stuff we got All the stuff in the world Eric Savoy Hello Otherwise known as Savo Hi yeah. Eric Hi How's How it are going? you? I'm alright This is great You're telling me This is awesome This is awesome it's I can't good. wait for the burgers I'm actually I, I kind of feel a little. This is kind of like Seeing behind the curtain A it little is. bit It's it, embarrassing isn't it does, Well I'd say it's Does more, it kind of give away not, not for me No it doesn't give anything away But this is Probably if you ask me What it looked like I The most would, amateur No <laughs> Just the opposite it's, It is like a, a production It's mm. impressive I have to say mm. 
I have to say. It's kind of interesting, I say, I suppose, because one of the things that I always love about listening to the podcast is the fact that it feels like that I'm just listening to a couple of mates having a chat. And I guess it's not really that different being here. There you go. That's yeah. Great. yeah. Wow. That's, that's nice. I'm going to take that yeah. as a compliment. Well, that's not, Eric, yeah. you can come every week. Uh, actually, if you're here every, you're pulse, here every week, there's going to be a few times where we're not actually here. Yeah, everyone will yeah, yeah. be here. Yeah. I'll be here next week for the burgers. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. So after this, we're going to go to a place in Kilkenny called the Hungry Moose, which I've only discovered. In fact, I think actually, Eric, you discovered it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. So I got you to thank. You're welcome. To introduce me to a burger joint that's been in my hometown for uh, a year, <laughs> at right. least, You're and right. one best burger in Ireland last yeah. year. Yeah. Not like you to miss that kind of thing. That's no, why I was I, so surprised. No, I'm, I'm yeah. crap. I'm crap. Yeah. Ever since the kids came along, man, I haven't seen. I've oh, hardly I blame seen the kids. It, it, Always blaming the kids. Yes. If I'm honest, it was, it was actually Siobhan who who found it. She pointed me in the direction of this page that listed the best burgers. Ah, oh, nice. She's a keeper, Eric. Yeah. She's a keeper. Yeah, she's a vegetarian as well, which surprised me. <laughs> and, and she's researching burgers yeah, for you. This for me, is what yeah. kind of a... Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. She's a 10. That is amazing. Just so, a, Eric, we should kind of introduce you, I guess, to... Mm. I mean, I am fairly sure that 99.9% of our listeners know exactly who you are. So, for the point... Zero I would one, say 80%. 80%. Oh, come on. He's not that popular. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you how popular he is. I'll tell you how popular tell it is. My dream wedding. <laughs> Ten most popular wedding photographers in Ireland. No, in fact. Oh, I, in Ireland, yeah. So, ten most. Ten. There's Who's only nine there? other people. Well, well I know I'm not on that list. No, me neither. No, there you go. I've never got an award. <laughs> not like that. He is also Range, find, Range Finder Magazine's 30 Rising Stars. One of, one of the 30 Rising 30. Stars. Wow. That's a, couple, that's, that's a few years old now. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Hey, doesn't matter. You're still in the there. School now. of Wedding. Get this one. Top 100 wedding photographers in the world. No, no that one's recent. And what's that? That's from? recent. And actually, Where you've been on that? that list two or three times, Eric. What's mm-hmm. that called? The just School of Wedding Photography. That's just, they're, Austra- they're Australian based. Wow. Are they? How yeah, the hell did you get in that one? How much did <laughs> you pay for I mean, how did you get. <laughs> no fees paid. No get this one. Paid. Get this one. Boom. Junebug Wedding. Junebug? Everybody Most knows Most photographers in the world know photographer, yeah. Best of the best. Mm. Not like one mm. of the best Ooh. of the best. Best mm. of the best. Mm. Yeah. All right, right, all right. That's enough. Stop, stop, stop. Oh, well, this that's not, he's not, going not, red not, here. He's just so embarrassed. There's a, there's, a, there's a very cool magazine, kind of website magazine. There might be a magazine as well, they're, actually, they're in Dublin. Both, yeah. Love in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Ten coolest wedding photographers mm. in Ireland coolest mm. whatever about so being the best uh, let, let me just say about that one uh-huh. that didn't cost me a cent either really no, no. Mm. you have to they just contacted I me I know what my says. questions are going to be in this podcast yeah. how, how and then um, last but not least wedding wedding online photographer of the year coveted and you know I've seen yeah. those trophies Eric yeah. they are big <laughs> shiny trophies were they the ones he was shoving in our face yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're the ones yeah. I carry them in my in my portable trophy case yeah exactly yeah he has like a, a little yeah. wheelbarrow he carries around <laughs> just lodges yeah. everything in this wheelbarrow well, look, uh, the look, time. Uh, look if anybody anybody who's in business knows that there's a little bit of marketing uh, spin put on these awards some of them are older than others and some of them mean more than others I suppose the rangefinder one was was for me anyway a significant nod, I guess, to, oh, a nod sure. of recognition. But I think that was two thousand. What year is it now? Two thousand nine. I think so that was like two two thousand sixteen, maybe. No, the the oh. the weddings online one I think was two thousand and thirteen, uh, and but that 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 was kind of 
uh, a so long time ago. That was. Is before. it your goal to like get a, a new award every year? No, if I'm honest, my goal now is not to even be. I, I the the school of photography one was. I think they dropped me last year. Mm. What? Yeah. I'll write an email. Yeah. I'll write an email. Well, no, actually, I, think I it, see it, I your think best it, of 2018 and... Yeah, know. it's a little bit iffy. Wasn't quite up to spec. Actually, <laughs> that, I think actually, they, I, I'm not sure if he actually did that list last year because he used to he used to do it under a, a different heading. And um, I suppose, look, I mean, it's, you know, I got the email and said, hey, look, you're back on the list. And I was like, awesome, cool. Put it up on the website. But, nice. I mean, professionally, like personally, they don't really mean a whole lot because I think... You know, there is a bit of, I don't know, I suppose I could be a little bit cynical about why they're giving me the award in the first place. I don't think it actually means that they think I'm the one of the 100 best wedding photographers in the world. I think there's probably, oh, I don't know. Jeez, maybe I should oh, just look accept the, the award. 99 I don't know. I don't think yeah, no, they're, all, so. they're all significant wedding photographers. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I we're, think we're, we're not on that like, list either. I think, you know. No, we're on, not on any <laughs> list. But Eric, you know, I don't see, I, you know, there's another award that you haven't got yet that you may get at some point, and that's the Raw Podcast Photographer of the Year. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Up to now, it's just been me and Dave who've got the <laughs> Just award. curious, Eric, have you ever won the... Um, have you ever won the... Um, uh, Oscar? Again? No. What's the one? Um, oh, what's the one? Raspberry? The, um, the, you know the you know the get together that Irish photographers do, do every year and they meet up for Christmas. Oh, the F Pass. Oh, F Pass. In fact, I did. I did. I did win the F Pass, oh, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything you haven't? There was a, there was a, a one year, one year that Paul and I uh, yeah. shared, but That's I, I, right. I actually, in in hindsight, I, I I voted for Paul. I should have ruined my. I vote voted and, for you. And vote, I mean, oh, Dave. Oh, 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 well, David won it like fucking you know three what? years in a row. That's like many times. To me, that's the best award because that's like the photographer's yeah, best photographer. Oh, that's fine. true. No, I appreciate I what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the three of us have won it, so. Yeah, but there's only there's only a couple. I think Paul and I won it more recently though, so I think it's kind of you know. It's more important now, really. We haven't done that in a while. Actually, we need to do that again. I think Paul has the cup actually. No, I have the cup. No. Actually, your daughter broke the cup. Oh, Paul. Oh. Do you remember? Do you remember when you all came down to visit? I'll go home and I'll I'll ground her for a week or something. It's just she won't listen. She'll go out and oh, you know whatever needs oh. to, whatever you need to do. So back to Eric. Back to Eric. Thanks for Eric, coming. That's amazing. Down. That was amazing. No yeah. fairness. That is amazing. Well, look at that. Yeah, look at it. Um. So Eric, you're you're a long time in the photography business. How, how many years are you a, a professional, full-time professional? Uh, so or even part-time? I think Tess, Tess is turning 13, and my first professional wedding was, she was three months old. So, wow. Yeah, so I, I'd photographed a wedding before that, um, but I wasn't a, a working professional, or it wasn't kind of, the idea wasn't to be a professional at that mm. stage. But my first kind of real professional gig was... So 13 years ago, yeah, wow. roughly 13 years, yeah. And your background before that was uh, design, wasn't yeah, it? Like yeah, yeah, so um, I moved to Ireland in 1998 uh, on a six-month contract uh, doing graphic design work for a telecoms company. So the first wedding, that, that wedding in uh, 2008, was it, or 2006? No, 2006 was um, a friend slash colleague who was getting married in Rome. So. Uh, oh. Yeah, my first, my first. Oh, paid gig. Went right off, right, right off the bat. First, first <laughs> Yeah, was a 30, 30 person wedding in Rome. So you can kind of see why I came back with, uh, you know, enthusiasm and. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It was yeah. good. Yeah, good light. Well. 
Awesome. I was <laughs> and I was going to ask you how was your first wedding, expecting it, but instead it's a boom straight yeah, out the well, door. You know what? You know what's really funny? It's probably similar to you guys. Is that that? Well, maybe not in this case, but I, I took absolutely zero couple shots at that wedding, and I didn't even know that. I, I didn't. If you know, like I didn't. It didn't take me. Documentary from the start. Like I wasn't going home, going, oh shit! I didn't take any couple photos. Like it didn't even occur to me that that was something that I should have done. Did you not do uh, the, the, the the I guess the Rome equivalent of Irish photography back in those days, which was the peek out from behind a hedge, peeking <laughs> out from behind like a, a column, a column. <laughs> lying all the bridal party up down, down all the uh, columns. Are you behind that column? And you behind that column? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't. Awesome. <laughs> I don't know. At that time, I don't even actually remember. I think. I don't remember really what what my I was just. I'd love to see those images. Well, uh, I think I was what I was doing was just basically what I would more or less do now, just without the couple photos. Like I was just taking yeah. pictures of the more insignificant elements of a wedding day, That's or cool. what may have been perceived at the time as the as the more insignificant elements of the wedding day, which. I think now we kind of look at it as being the more significant thing. Was that was that a professional gig that was on your yeah, own paid yeah, to do? Was, yeah, it was oh, actually. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Now it was the friends of mine who asked me to go, so it wasn't kind of like it. It was that wedding that um, I suppose that kicked things off. So that Angela worked in an office with, um, you know, with with uh, I suppose the office was was a lot of women who were around that age of getting married. So the one thing, the thing that I did that stood out, I think, was like, because there was only 30 people, I took a portrait of each person. And during the dinner, now this is this kind of make show you how old or how long ago it was. I tore up A4 sheets into kind of four pieces and I put one at every place setting. And I went around with a pen and I kind of got people to write their personal messages to the couple. And then I scanned those in and did a did an album with their messages which I scanned in which of course wow. you know I don't know what the equivalent would be or how, how it would be there's done there's people today. out there now just like yeah yeah, yeah. It's a great idea. so, so the, I suppose the novelty was that it was their handwriting with their messages and then I scanned those in and got the you know it was digital camera at the time it was a D200 a Nikon D200 and this um, was your graphic design and, and photography well I think it was that yeah together. definitely and I think from you know from the start of my decision to jump into wedding photography from that, or, or branch into it my definitely my background had a lot to do with maybe my successes um you know obviously i was fairly in tune with software and the internet and and it has been said to me i think you guys were kind of chatting a couple of episodes ago just about how wedding photographers in the early days didn't have a website and websites that they had were atrocious so i think along with you guys i think there was a, a handful of people who had a sense of style, maybe, or professionalism, and they realised that the the website thing was had to look as good as uh, as it could. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I had those skills as well. So, yeah, cool, oh, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah. And so anyway, let me on let your me... website. Anybody who goes to your website now would definitely see that as well. I think your website is definitely one of the best in Ireland, without a doubt. Well, that's a square. So it's not. It's not really just like the. the th- I'm not talking about like the mm. theme or anything. But there's like always that. been a sense of style to it. Hasn't it's the you? kind of yeah, but it's it's also like, uh, it's the like all this kind of stuff, like these headers that you've got with like really good yeah, writing yeah, behind yeah. it. And well, do you do all a, the writing for yourself? Yeah, I do do all the writing. Uh, yeah. the, Siobhan actually wrote the, um, I think down at the bottom, there's a little bit about her and me. And she she wrote the, uh, I wrote the bit about me and she wrote the bit about herself, which is kind of, she's kind of taking the piss out of the one about me a little bit, which is, which yeah. is 
pretty much her, so that's great. And then I wrote the little bits about Chomper and Mr. Fitz, who's our okay. new addition. He's the head of security. <laughs> he definitely is. He, look he like definitely a is. Small dog. He nearly took me down one night <laughs> right. in the dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, just to get back to that little, um, that little personalized message book, um, Angela brought that into where she worked, and okay. um, people kind of from that um, kind of started to to inquire who shot her wedding, and that's oh. well, that's kind of where things took off. So and the follow. That, sorry, was that your decision then after that, or did you? Yeah, just, so did you come I, back from that wedding going, oh, "I want to be, I'm going to be a wedding photographer." Not purely. No, I did come back thinking that was great crack, mm. and it was a good way. So uh, the the area that I was working in, in graphic design wasn't necessarily like you were, you know, it was a creative position, but at the same time there were constraints on what you could and couldn't do based on you know the product teams mm. or the marketing teams and. And if I'm honest, one of the first things that I, well, I suppose one of the first things that I figured out in Ireland was that there wasn't a culture of working with creatives in these, in in these sort of multinational corporations. It was still there were creative teams, but they were being directed by non-creative people, so by products and and you know and, and sales and and things like this. So basically what it what what it was is the wedding was a, a great sort of mode of expression for me at the time just to do whatever i felt like was right to me and and i think early on that's probably again that's probably what built onto my successes because i remember having arguments with people about me not really caring about highlights and sharpness and mm. blocked up contrasts and and in fact i do remember being known as the photographer with the green tint like all my photographs had a bit of a yeah. you know a green tint I remember to them that in the early days. Yeah, it was a phase, and um, you know I, I just remember other photographers kind of going like, Ugh, like not not kind of understanding that it was intentional rather than yeah. accidental. So uh, so just to answer your question, Paul, yeah, no, the so the the book ended up being kind of the catalyst. So I got a couple of inquiries, and I just talked to Siobhan about it. And I said, look, next year I'm going to take three or four wedding bookings and see how we get on. Because I suppose I didn't want to commit to doing any more than that mm. and end up not liking it, if that makes sense. It wouldn't be, obviously... I, I was doing it as a test to see if I enjoyed doing it as a profession rather mm-hmm. than as a kind of a, a side gig. And uh, so the next year, I think there were three or four weddings that I did. One of them was in Rome again, which was pretty sweet. And uh, yeah, and from there, I just wow. decided that we would kind of build from there. And I think by the third or fourth year, we were up to 40 weddings a year. So that was good. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, that's that would have brought you up then to like around two thousand and nine or two thousand and ten around there. Then? Yeah. So yeah. on the on the oh sorry on the tech side of the thing it was D two hundred that you were shooting with at that time. The was it? first. So I would have learned. So yeah. So right around that. For, so there was a the 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 wedding that I shot before the sort of so that my professional career was all digital. However, I did shoot. Mm-hmm. two weddings before what I would consider to be my professional career on film. Oh. Um, so the D200 was my first digital sort of exploration of first camera and it was absolute shit compared to what we have today but it, you know that's technology I guess. Mm-hmm. And tell me did you did you then make a like whenever you were doing these all these um, weddings in these early days were you still doing design work as yeah, well? Yeah so I stayed I stayed I kind of was the weekend warrior for maybe four seasons. Right. 
and then Smart I was decision always like yeah well it was uh, the decision thankfully was kind of made for me I was given a, a, a sweet redundancy option so um, I knew I think anybody who works in a full-time position and is uh, you know back then I was toying with leaving it to be self-employed or I suppose even now you do need a bit of a buffer either mm. you need to save that money yourself go to the bank to get a loan or find some way to sustain yourself through mm. the through, through the building phases but um, so that redundancy kind of gave myself my wife we had uh, Thomas was born at that stage so it gave us a bit of a buffer to you know if things went belly up yeah, could, yeah exactly I could. that's a bit like you Paul as well, that's exactly it? what happened to yeah. you yeah. Yeah. that was around the time of the recession as well so yeah. there's a lot of people I guess getting yeah. I always thought as well around that time was a good time to start a business because I had to be lean and mm. you kind of started off that way you know yeah. that kind of way so and there's still loads of people getting married back in those days yeah, as well it was just loads of people getting married cost pressure more than yeah. anything um, so Eric you, you were saying there you came over um to Ireland in 2006. We should let people know like where you where no, you're no, from. No, it's, it's 1998 when I moved. Oh, 1998. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. your pardon. Mm-hmm. And you're from from the east coast of east Canada. East coast of Canada. Mm. So because because I'm sure they're picking up the accent and going, where is he? <laughs> because you say yeah. that some people think that you what? Yeah, some people. Hi. You say that some people think that you've got like an Irish. I don't yeah. hear any Irish in your well, accent at all. I think they think that, yeah, definitely. I think if you're, um, I have a mid-Atlantic accent at this stage, and if you're, depending on which side of the Atlantic you grew up on, you probably pick up on the opposite accent. So mm. so if you're Canadian, you probably pick up on, on the Irishish Irishness, and if you're Irish, you probably pick up on the Canadian, the Canadian bit. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I moved here in 1998, and originally it was a six-month contract, and I met Siobhan a few weeks a few weeks into it, which was wasn't really on the list of things to do, but uh, thankfully <laughs> it happened. And uh, yeah, so uh, whatever is that twenty twenty one years now? I think. Uh, 20, yeah, it's yeah, a long time, yeah. So I'm waiting for that sort of point without giving too much away, where I'll be here for half my life. Wow. So your listeners can do the math to figure out at least I'm not, you know, Wait, yeah, I'm older than forty two. Yeah. <laughs> Still one of the coolest, though, Eric. Yeah, well, still, one, yeah, still one of yeah. the coolest. Yeah. Maintain. Yeah, yeah, I was listening to, uh, to an interesting podcast on the way here. The guy was 52, and he was talking about how he's constantly challenged. He's, he's worried about, you know, just getting old and not challenging himself. So he's constantly finding things to challenge himself. Right. And it kind of feel, makes him feel young, you know. Mm. I suppose that, you know, I always wondered about music. Like when people, at what point in your life do you stop searching out new music and you just... Keep on listening to, to, what you're to listening the classics, to. you know? Yeah, true. And the same thing with films or photographers or, or anything sort of mm. creative and artistic. Like, I think there is a time when a lot of people just kind of sit back in a lazy boy and go like, ah, I, I love like, this song. I like the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Eagles over yeah. and over and over again. And uh, anyway, this guy had some, some interesting points just about sort of, you know, getting older, I guess, and uh, but still, you know, mentally staying... Staying acute, aware, and fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Maybe so. that's a good lead into to your question then during the week that we were talking about. Where? Well, I, I was going to just say, do you ever think about those kind of times about like? I mean, this guy you're saying is 52. Is he a wedding photographer? No, no, he's actually he's, he's a musician. Uh, no, what does he do now? He's a he's a thinker anyway. Um, I'm trying to think what I don't know if I, if he actually talks about what specifically he does, but uh, let me think. Uh, no, I can't. I can't, I can't remember. remember. Yeah. But whatever it is he's doing, 
he's thinking about an exit strategy, is he, or what? No, no, it's about... not an exit strategy as such. He's just thinking about sort of the, the process of growing older and, and maybe, you know, just keep, keeping himself... Um, you know, busy, sane. Busy. busy, well, same. So when will yeah. he stop thinking creatively? Like, yeah, yeah, kind of. Like his his, his point it just was was to... just like you get you reach a point in your life where you have to you you just you know you're naturally you're talking about sort of how your body changes ke- mm. chemistry wise and physically and all that sort of thing and he said like it, the change affects you mentally mm. and you have to start to kind of put more emphasis on thinking about these things otherwise you just find yourself again sitting on the sofa watching. Seinfeld reruns or yeah, whatever yeah. it would be, you know. Yeah. So creatively, I guess this is probably the, the point was is that you know you constantly trying to um, just think about what you're doing. I guess mm. point maybe. You're quite <clears throat> you're quite good. I must say that way, Eric. You're probably somebody who's a much deeper thinker. One of the more, like in terms of all the people I know, analytical. Like, yeah, yeah, just a deep deep thinker in that kind of way. Like you did the talk last year at Belfast and learning to fly about creativity and I remember the three of us sat in that pub the night before and you showed us your slides and I was sitting there kind of crapping myself because <laughs> I was thinking holy shit like look how good this is look how good this looks yeah. and the amount of thought that has went into each point in the slide and I just remember thinking oh my god this guy really thinks th- this kind of shit through and I felt like I was going to be winging this big time I which I kind of but, but you know what I mean but I think yeah. you come from an emotional place the same sort of way do you know that kind of way, which is yeah. what your talk was about yeah. in that in that yeah. sense. So I think it's just different ways of thinking. It must have been general. though, like whenever, like that that presentation, that like, like, like like the presentation around creativity was just so well done, Eric. It was so well done. Well, it's. Uh, I mean, look. I mean, just touching on the 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 comparing our two presentations, but I mean, I, I still I remember a few weeks before the <laughs> a few weeks before the uh, the, the the day. You had told me you had found, uh, you know, this idea of talking about the ninety-eight percent, and I, I still, to this day, think it's the best topic that I've seen at a workshop, and uh, not only the best topic. I mean, it was presented so well that, I don't, like, I, I've been to, you know, I think we we might touch on workshops later on, but I've been to over the years a dozen, maybe fifteen workshops mm-hmm. of, of international and national scale. And I think that is probably the the most um, well thought out and and uh, you know delivered presentation of oh. any presentations that I've seen. So I, like I think just think the concept was amazing of of, of what you talked about. But um, as far as my presentation, I don't know if the audience. I don't know if delivering that much content in an hour or an hour and a half. I think people need to kind of maybe prepare themselves for what the talk is going to be because mm. I think maybe automatically what people tried to do was relate the topic to photography, which mm. which wasn't really what I... I didn't want people to think that they need to apply this creative process to their photography. I wanted people to think they need to apply this creative process to their life. Mm. And um, it's difficult to kind of look at somebody, a photographer, and say, this is the creative process. There's five key steps. Uh, it's difficult to apply it directly to the process of taking a photograph. Mm. But if you apply it to the process of coming up with a project to deliver through photography, that's where the benefits start to really come through. And, um, mm. you know, they're, they're, you know, when it comes to websites or when it comes to uh, even Instagram, you know, I, I find myself, you guys know this, like up until last year, I was never much into using Instagram. And even now I question my purposes of using Instagram, but one of my biggest 
criticisms, I suppose, of Instagram was everybody's using it the same. So people were asking questions like, how do you generate clients from, from Instagram? And, and my response was, is that, you know, there's so much noise on Instagram that if you use Instagram the same way everybody else is using Instagram, you're just going to fade into that noise. Yeah. And now I'm finding myself just using Instagram the same way everybody else uses Instagram, which is just putting up. I, I think I think you do and you don't, Derek. The good one of the things that you definitely do that I see that not many other people do, and I would include myself in that bracket, is that you have a great way of putting up an image that, um, but you it, it's the caption and the wording you put along with it. So sometimes it's advice to. That has to, to couples to, like, yeah. or you know or, or kind of sometimes a little kind of like subtle kind of like dig at the industry which I can't <laughs> but you know what I mean it's kind of cynicism yeah. Dave would you say uh, no I wouldn't say but I wouldn't say it's cynicism but it's you know it's just I just kind of read them and yeah. always find them entertaining and, and kind of uh, uh, especially the ones where you're talking about like ad, ad, advice it's kind of yeah. you know the only other people who I know who do do it as well are would be the Parsons where right. they put up these posts yeah, and they talk about or that, that all you witness Instagram post yeah. now they have now where they really kind of try, are trying to emphasize that point that come on there's more to wedding photography than what you're yeah. what you're what yeah. you're looking at yeah you know yeah. and well, you do you're, you're, you're I think you kind of harness into that quite well I, I, I well I suppose you know including yourselves there are you know I think there's a responsibility for people who have been doing this for a long time to to maybe not necessarily impart any wisdom, but just to kind of maybe remind people that there there are priorities. And um, I guess what I, what you know that's definitely high praise comparing me to the Parsons uh, in in that regard. But I suppose one of the things that I, one of the things that I definitely would be careful of is not think not using Instagram as a soapbox. Mm. Um, and that's definitely something that I, I I wouldn't try to do, or at least if I found myself in that situation where I felt like I was all of a sudden, you know, I know one of the sort of the sort of um, common responses is if somebody has a comment or a statement, someone, the, the common response is preach, just kind of underneath it with kind of like, that's kind of like, you, you know, a hand clap, like we like your message type thing, I suppose. But if I felt like I was preaching, I would probably stop using Instagram for, um, you know, for, well, until, I don't know for how long, but yeah. that is not the intent. The intent isn't to have a soapbox. It is, like I said, it's probably just to be like yourselves, um, you know, just to impart a little bit of that. Just to let maybe maybe photographers who haven't had the experiences that we've had, just to kind of like, not, not guide them, but just to kind of say like, look, it's not all about this or it's not mm. all about that. So yeah. if you're having these thoughts, I know um, there's a couple um, excellent photographers out there that are more or less strictly um, into the documentary, into the sort of fly-on-the-wall type approach, and they feel that if they don't show the odd loved-up couple that they're not reaching their full audience. Yeah. And uh, I suppose maybe the message to them is, is like, you know, show, show, I mean, you guys have talked about Instagram a lot. Uh, you know, just show the photos that you're proud of, and it doesn't matter what the subject matter is. It can be, you know, it could be, you know, could be a couple and a sunset or it could be something more random and and innocuous like if you like the photograph I suppose it's kind of like this you know the idea that you can't get away from like you you know I could say that the amount of likes that I get on a photograph doesn't matter but I would be lying yeah because that is the way that your brain is you know, that's what you're, that's being human. Like you yeah. can't say, like if you put a photograph up and 
for me, if I get a hundred likes, that's a good result. I feel good about well, that. That's program. why it's so successful. Like, you know, Instagram itself. Yeah, but it is. No, I know it's it's a dopamine thing. But I suppose ultimately, like a, like, so I guess the point is, is that I can say it doesn't matter, which would be a lie. But I can I I can say as far as it mattering, it matters much less to me than it does to others, and mm. that would be the truth. Mm-hmm. So saying that it doesn't matter at all. Is a, is, is a lie because I think it's human nature and you can't just turn that off to a point where you say it doesn't matter but if you can turn it down to the bare minimum I think that's where people need to be and I do honestly think that that's where I am now with my photography is that to me now the photography is the most important thing mm. and I don't really care so much about the audience or the you know it's the it's the integrity of the photograph is the most important thing now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a bit rambly. <clears throat> no, no, that's not rambly at all. I think that, made, that makes perfect sense, and it's like I would wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of um, I always find myself in that position where I'm like, will I or won't I put up a picture? And mm-hmm. more often than not, I just go, ah, that's, can't be bothered. Can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's. It usually is because of that whole like, what is this doing? What is this really doing for mm. me? Not very, usually very little. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then I find myself the day going, really? no, just another three. Yeah, you know. You get it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A bit of a, yeah. A bit of a disappointment. But I suppose yeah. one of the things that um, I, I did learn from you, Dave, specifically, is that that it can be just a source of entertainment as well. It doesn't all have to be kind of like yeah. you know. It can just be like, you know, I'll just put up. I mean, you, you're, you're consistency is it's, there is no consistency with what to expect from your feed um in a, in a very good way it's like you just, just just generally sharing your photography which i think is is amazing um and one thing that i learned from paul was is kind of the opposite side of the spectrum is like if you if you just dedicate like five minutes a day to this it could result in five bookings at the end yeah. of the season and <laughs> and for very little effort you can find yourself with you know an extra couple of bookings in your wedding season which yeah. is and you never really know what those bookings are going to be they could quite literally be your favorite weddings of the year yeah absolutely and uh, having said that a year of using instagram i don't think i can i can say wholeheartedly that i've gotten one booking from it but i've definitely gotten some inquiries although you yeah. don't know sometimes if it leads people to looking at your website you yeah know, kind of way yeah. it doesn't mean that has to be directly true yeah. though, but it's certainly another mode of marketing that's free and available to you like, yeah i think you know. the, the free bit is the it's kind of like and i was talking to gareth a couple of weeks ago uh, lee mcconnell at the, one of the coffee mornings mm-hmm. and we were we were talking about something slightly innocuous and uh, he just mentioned about we were uh, we were talking about um uh the, who's that guy over there in the corner that you had often watches your podcast from a distance oh yes um can you be quiet please jonas yeah that? we were talking about sorry. jonas sorry <laughs> We he talking. hasn't been on in ages. No, <laughs> I saw him over there in the yeah. corner. It's like he looks a bit pathetic these days. And uh, <laughs> and uh, well, I mean that that's what kind of what we were talking about. We were, well, fundamentally, what we were talking about was kind of this the level of photography. These like, I was kind of saying that you could uh, take a uh, you know a photographer, pretty much any photographer who's who's doing well in in wedding photography, and if you could. 
put them in a time machine and put them back five or seven or eight years, they would be the Jonas Peterson of mm -hmm. the wedding yeah. industry. Just got in at the right time. Like exactly. That. And yeah, it's yeah. kind of like the quality of wedding photography now compared to five years ago. And, and I, you know, I, I, can, I can definitely say from my perspective that my photography has improved considerably compared to five or seven or eight years ago. Yeah. But it's the kind of, the big difference is, is that the new photographers are kind of at that level out of the gate. Like, yeah. like there's no, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I've been taking pictures for a month and now I can take pictures as well as somebody who's been doing it for 10 years. And that seems to be a, a, a thing that's happening these days, which is not something that happened 10 years ago. Anyhow, look, the point was, is but that, are, that are people at that level, like, like photographically, like, like as in composition, as in technically, are they at that level or is it just easy to get to a good enough level to take pretty pictures with good presets? Yeah. Do you know yeah. that kind of way? So I, sometimes you do, you do look through stuff and you go, oh, that's a lovely picture, but you know, and then you'll see something else and you go, that's a good picture. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, the best way that I can kind of say is that say again like i'm just randomly picking a, 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 a rate like eight years ago mm -hmm. even well say five years ago because it might not be as, as distant in people's memories but five years ago it was much easier to tell the difference between a shit photographer a decent photographer and an extraordinary photographer so these days the spectrum has shrunk considerably where mm -hmm. the mediocre photography like you know there's there's a, a lot of photographers in that category but there are very few photographers in the exceptional category, or at least it's very difficult to tell the difference between a mediocre photographer and an exceptional photographer. Mm. And certainly difficult for couples. To no, no, well, that's kind of from a, yeah, that's kind of maybe maybe just to just to say that that's from a couple's perspective. Mm -hmm. That as a you know a photographer who's been you know maybe doing wedding photography longer than a lot of other people, the ability to differentiate my work from my competition's work is much, much more difficult today. And I can actually acknowledge that there are people who do uh, uh, probably what would be considered as the most popular style of wedding photography for couples 10 times better than I can. So, mm -hmm. um, and that, I think that's a, that's a reality of, of just where we we'll are these days. Out. We'll cut that bit out. There's not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a chance. We'll put it in the, we'll, we'll, we'll flip that. Eric does it ten times better than me. <laughs> but I, I think that's another that's another slight problem that I, I do um, have with Instagram. I think is that in that, that that spectrum that you're talking about there, Eric, where you have the the very small amount of like exceptional photographers and then a larger group of mediocre. The difficulty with Instagram is that in that larger group of mediocre photographers, it's much harder to to. Um, say if they're good bad or whatever on instagram because mm -hmm. you're only putting up those killer shots yeah. mm. and in in the course of a 12-hour wedding or whatever it's more than likely that a photographer on, on pretty much 90 percent of that spectrum can take what would be considered an instagram worthy photograph mm, of course, yeah. but the actual footage from the start of the day to the end of the day if it was put out on a blog or in a video slideshow or whatever it happens to be, you might go, uh, this is not quite as good as I would have expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that's sometimes part of the problem that, that I have with Instagram is that, yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I've got, I've got weddings that I'm super proud of, but there's shots that I just kind of go, ah, it's not like it's, 
there's not like a frame there that is kind of like that I really think yeah. would showcase the day. I agree. I know you what know you're talking that I just kind of go like yeah. for example, Eric, you're like you always show, feel like you have to have that killer epic shot. That's kind of the thing. Whereas like, if you put up a shot that you love, because you know, the and couple. I know that the couple love them, and that's kind of I suppose relates back to that talk last year. But for example, like if you look at Eric's. Um, uh, website and you go on the like savo.ie and you scroll down and you have that um, showreel video mm-hmm. that's exactly what I'm talking about because so many of those frames are absolutely and utterly superb like they are superb and if they if any one of those frames was part of my wedding day I'd be like absolutely and utterly thrilled and yeah. pumped but I can see how somebody like you Eric or if they were if they were my shots I'd be like ah I don't really know which one to pick mm. you know but they're all so good in their own way but they're amazing for the couple but for a random couple it's like eh, does that make kind of yeah, sense no, that's the that's a that's a yeah. i'd like to that's like a, a a strange compliment but you know oh, what no, i mean no, on, the, on the flip side of that it's like when someone inquires with you via let's say via instagram or says i see i've seen your stuff on instagram Aye. I'm very interested, blah, blah, blah. It kind of somewhat gets you worried because it's kind of like, well, have you seen my body of work on my website? Because Mm. that's more important for you to look at than to just see the odd, you know, documentary shot shot or or epic shot or portrait shot or whatever it might be on Instagram. So that's Mm. the... Would you not be trying to ensure, though, that your feed is a representation of your Absol- work? Well, it is a representation of my work because it so, is, well, well, is but my you wouldn't work. Be, well, you but, wouldn't be worried then. You're saying as no, other people might be worried. No, what I'd be worried about is, I, in, in my case, I probably put up more portraits than documentary stuff. And it's something I think I've thought about lately because... I would be more documentary than I would be portraits. Uh, so maybe some, I, I kind of feel sometimes maybe I'm misrepresenting my style if right. they haven't gone to the website on Instagram okay. oh, because right, I'm okay. trying to attract people's attention on Instagram right. and then direct them to the website. So normally right. if people inquire, say, on Instagram, well, would you not, I direct them to the website. I understand you what you're saying. But would you, not, would you not relate to what Eric was saying earlier about if you are putting up the shots that are attracting people that you're putting up maybe shots that that are like then the majority of other Instagram shots where if you were putting up things that were like because Paul you're you're a, a brilliant documentary photographer well what I'm saying is right I'm, I'm not saying that I'm using Instagram wrong and certainly according to like say Eric's rules I'm yeah. using Instagram wrong no no for me on a on a on a photography level I'm using it wrong on a business level, it's it's working for me because yeah. it's attracting clients. Right now, up to now, it's attracting clients. Maybe they're, they're inquiring and so on. And if they do inquire via Instagram, I do make sure to redirect them to the website to inquire that way and have a look at the work and so on. Uh, do you know that kind of way? Yeah. So there's probably two, a couple of ways of doing it. Right. And maybe I think, from my perspective, I'm using Instagram in a more with a more business mindset than a creative mindset. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, that's fair enough, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess what I would say was that I don't think that there's a right or wrong way to use Instagram, mm. but it's just up to the individual to decide, Yeah. you know, where on the spectrum they want to set the needle. So um, the only reason for me to use Instagram at this point is to generate business. Mm. And it's just being selective about the type of business that like kind of what Paul was saying is that, you know, what you, you know, I guess that, you know, that saying that's been around since, you know, for dog years is you show what you want to shoot and, or you show what you want to, you know, the type of couple that you want to Mm -hmm. attract. 
I guess ultimately what it kind of, for me anyway, I understand that the type of photos that I'm showing on Instagram doesn't have the widest appeal as in, you know, for, for, for couples. But what I'm hoping is, is it appeals to the right couples. And if one thing, I think I've talked to you guys separately about this um, last year or the year before, I can't remember which season it was, but there was definitely a, a season where I felt like there were a handful of couples that kind of somehow fell through the filter and were expecting something much different from what I would typically do at weddings. Mm. They were expecting maybe a little bit more traditional, a um, little bit more kind of like, well, you know, how come we didn't get a photo on the stairs or how come we didn't go to the rose garden type thing? And, and to be honest, like, the, like I was saying, like the, for me, the, the, the day is so random and, and, and probably very similar to yourselves. Like I, the less engineering there is, the better, because I find the photography, like once you start falling on the old tropes, like the photography suffers. So mm-hmm. the more random and sort of, you know, to go against the, the wise, um, you know, in, internet advice to make sure your photographer has shot at the venue and knows all yeah. the secret places and all that. Like to go against that advice, I would say for somebody like me, you're actually better off if I've never seen your venue before. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind yeah, of, it's yeah a, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a weird. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a, there is kind of like a limit to that. Like how much um, preparation do you, you know? If if I can visit the venue the night before the wedding and just have a quick look around as in like quite literally just kind of checking out where the preps are going to be and where the ceremony is going to be. That's all I need. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, I've been doing this for long enough now that I feel like I can tackle the situations as they come up and I don't need to kind of like be there at two o'clock if the ceremony is going to be at two o'clock. I'm prepared if it's light or if it's dark or mm-hmm. whatever it is, or, or at least I'm, I'm prepared to make my creative decisions based on the existing light that are, that's present. Absolutely, and there's yeah. nothing to kind of get your creative juices going more than kind of seeing new venue for the first time. Yeah, you know, and it could, sure. be, any, it could be any venue. You're just yeah, like, oh, absolutely. I've never seen that before. That's great. So yeah. your creative talk, you know, yeah. just the, the brain working in a different way. Mm. Yeah. Do, can you attribute that to anything, Eric? When you were, you were talking about that year, that year where you had like three. Or yeah, five no, I definitely. I think it was that I just did kind of like I I I, um, I took my uh, I suppose I didn't put as much emphasis on making sure that. You know, I used to have a series of emails that I would send to couples and say, look, here, I know you've seen my work, but I just want to be sure that this is, this is what you want on your wedding day and things. I think I probably decided at one point, maybe I just got a little bit lazy in that regard and just said, oh, look, they want to book me, they want to book me, that's grand, I'll go. But, you know, it was a small percentage of the weddings that particular year, which mm-hmm. I, you know, I kind of looked back in hindsight and went like, right, I have to go back. Figure out and, why. Well, exactly, kind of figure out how this happened and why. And then, because I think every, like, I think, you know, I think every photographer, wedding photographer or, or otherwise might think that, you know, Bridezilla is this and, and, and all that. I mean, truth, truth of it is, like, if I can get 60% of my couples to be the type of couples that I want to work with, I think that's a really good ratio. Like, you're never going to get, like, unless you're one of those wedding photographers that only shoots 10 weddings a year or five weddings a year or whatever the, the dream number is for for the industry whatever the industry says the dream number is i don't know but if you're shooting 40 or 50 weddings a year they're all not going to be perfect couples no matter what you do mm-hmm. but like again if you look on the website where dave was mentioning where my little showreel thing is the paragraph above that is quite straight with this is what i do so mm-hmm. it, i guess the point is is like if you get your photos back and you expected to see something different 
I can kind of, with 100% being comfortable, say, well, what did you expect? Because this is kind of what I said from the start. Mm. Like, this is what I show, and mm -hmm. I'm very careful with not giving people the wrong idea. Like, I'm not, a, like, not like any of us are traditional wedding photographers, but at the same time, it's like if, you know, if you wanted something that's, you know, it's the same as any professional um, creative industry, I guess. If mm. you hire the person who does what you want them to do the best, you don't hire somebody who doesn't do what you want them to do and expect them to produce it because it's just not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. And what do you, do, do you attribute that to something like, is it outside influences and, you know, the way sometimes you can, your couple can be right, but there's other influences in the family that might try and direct the way your, your, your photography's going on the day or, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Have you looked back and said, oh, that's the reason or... Yeah, no, not particularly. I just think, like I said, I just do think it was because maybe I got a little bit lazier about it. Okay. And, um, I did, you know, for, a, I suppose maybe in, in hindsight, it wasn't the best, um, decision, but I did decide that meeting couples was less relevant, um, whether it be online or offline, it was less relevant than, than people said it was mm -hmm. because I do have a theory that you know, I could meet a couple 10 times uh, and get to know them inside and out and be their best friends and shoot their wedding. Or I could meet them in the morning of the wedding and they will get the same photographs, mm -hmm. which I still think is fairly accurate. Um, you know, obviously there might be, you know, certain scenarios where they might say something what would spark me to go, oh, look, I'm definitely going to do that or do that. But I don't think getting to know your client is def is, it should affect the quality of the photographs that you turn out. Again, it's kind of the, the approach is that the, you know, the photography is the, the, you know, the product, I guess, and the integrity of the photo photographs is, is what's the most important thing. Mm. So being influenced by certain tastes that the couple have, if they, they might suggest that they prefer black and whites over color. And to me, like I said, to, to me, for me to make the decision that a photograph should be black and white based on the fact that the couple simply like black and white photographs doesn't do the photograph any justice because mm -hmm. in my opinion a photograph should either be black and white or color depending on or sepia <laughs> or or spot color you know like there's, spot color in there's always that red rose <laughs> cross process and, uh, but again that's just my approach and uh, you know siobhan is is quite um uh, you know, she, she thinks that I'm a little bit too entrenched and, and sometimes I need to be a little bit more flexible, which I can, I can appreciate that as well. Um, but anyhow, the point was what Paul was saying, um, I think I went a little bit too far, um, and, uh, probably didn't pay enough attention to, you know, that just being sure that the couples who were, who were signing the contract knew exactly what they were getting or, or at least exactly what I wanted to give them. I think though the people, yeah, it's it's kind of in a way, like you're you're probably right, but it's kind of um, I mean in this day and age, it should be almost quite difficult for a couple to accidentally book you and expect something different because I mean your website shows what you do, um, you know your Instagram shows what you do, and I'm sure you probably even before you had that show, really you probably send out something yeah. else along those mm -hmm. lines that, but I think remember was, was there one time you were saying your show really was like two or three years old or whatever and yeah, still wouldn't yeah. have had anything too no, super traditional no, like I do think that like you said like I mean I, there's a, a few couples that that again like I that, that are on the top of my head that I can picture immediately who you kind of show up in the morning and you get a feeling of like oh like you kind of this see, see right. you know I mean obviously mm -hmm. you, you know you see certain things uh, a dress or a pile of knickknacks that have you know that or you know if you're kind of given a list you show up in the morning and there's like 30 things they want you to yeah, take a picture yeah. of 
you're kind of going like, okay, well, and, and you know, that, that's when you need to make that decision. It's like, okay, well, you know, it's not a perfect... <laughs> Do I leave? Or... <laughs> yeah. It's like, refund. No, it's, I guess you just make that decision and, and you, you, you know immediately or within a few, you know, within 10 or 15 mm. minutes that you have to work within the parameters of what you're given. And if, and if a couple have, you know, you know, obviously there's never a mistake. Like it's not, they haven't mistakenly hired you, but maybe they've misjudged what it is that they're looking for in a photographer. And I guess, you know, ultimately most couples, you know, there isn't like there's a, you know, a, a, you know, a, a hidden pool of couples who, who are absolutely in love with photography and know exactly what they're looking for in a wedding mm-hmm. photographer. I mean, there's, there are some of those and those are obviously our, you know, our, our kind of dream clients, I guess, if they, if we could have them. But there's also a large percentage of couples who just don't put as much or maybe they don't put as much emphasis or thought on the photography as we expect them to, which I think that's is another truth. That's yeah, another truth. That's point, it. Yeah. yeah. I always find that uh, you're talking there about the knickknacks all being laid out and stuff. And I always, um, more often than not anyway, it's always like a, a super officious bridesmaid. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Who wants to be like the best bridesmaid? Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, I've thought about this. I've laid all this stuff out for you, you know, and it's amazing. And, yeah. and, and you're like, oh God. And you're like, ah. As annoying you know. as that is, they're just trying to do their thing for the yeah. bride. You know, that yeah, kind of, of course. Way. Yeah. So going back to that, to that other question of the industry changes over the years, like you've obviously been in the business for a while now, so you can see that change do you think it's changed for the better or for the worst or what's your opinion on the evol- the evolution yeah, the evolution of- uh well i mean for somebody for for me it's changed for the worst because it's much more competitive and mm-hmm. uh, it's much much more difficult to to stand out like i said and uh but i mean overall it's uh, i i get look i mean you can't for a, for a couple it's changed for the better, I'd say. I mean, you can't, you can never kind of argue with, like, you know, with the industry that choice and competition is is a good thing for mm-hmm. people. For the, for the, for photography, um, I suppose it would be difficult. Like, if you if you know if if I had to do a secret vote, like tick a box, better or worse, um, I guess. You know, obviously, it's a, it's a very long conversation, but I would take the worst box. I, I think, um, you know, I, I I think that there's a, a milieu, I guess, a middle that 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 people are producing a certain quality. They're very capable and competent photographers, but again, it just boils down to what people are seeing on Instagram and 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 I guess to to a lesser extent or maybe even to a, to a, to no extent at all Facebook these days mm-hmm. but I do think that the the industry like a, you know I I've kind of secretly kind of always thought that for a for a creative industry we're we're hell bent on copying everything that everybody yeah. else does and that could come down to workshops it could come down to the presets it could come down to just the influence that the internet has I you know I I think back to when I was a graphic designer and I kind of think like where did I get my inspiration from then when the internet like you know didn't really have that much of an influence it's kind of weird for a a, you know a graphic designer to think back in those days that you were looking at magazines you were going to museums you were you know you were looking in areas where you very seldom look Mm -hmm. anymore for inspiration now it's just quite literally you go on to Instagram I mean we've all seen those pictures where 
you know, one day you're looking at a, an international wedding photographer who has a photograph that gets three or 4,000 likes. And two days later, you see the local photographer who has just done exactly that photograph oh, on a, on a local scale. So, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, if you look at my Instagram feed, there are some photographs that are insp inspiration from, you know, there's one in particular, I think it was uh, Elliot Erwitz with, a, you know, has a famous photograph of a couple kissing in a mirror in the sunset. And, you know, I saw, you know, Elliot Erwitz is, a, is you know, as, as far as, you know, inspirational photographers, he's one of my favorites. But, you know, I saw an opportunity where I could emulate that photograph, but it wasn't... Uh, you know, I don't think it was done in the spirit that a lot of these copies are done mm -hmm. in. It was done in a in a more of a sort of like this is my tribute Tip to Elliot Erwitt, rather than this sure. is my me trying to copy one of his photographs. I thought it was the reflection thing. I thought you were Which one of the first that? to start and do reflections. Oh no, <laughs> no, it was a proper. <laughs> no, mirror. that's just a joke. It was a proper mirror. It was a proper mirror. It was yeah. a mirror. Yeah, I was thinking actually the other day, like even just again, like applying the creative. In the creative process you could even apply the creative process to an iphone reflection like if everybody else is just doing the single so this was i was actually going to try this on saturday but it probably wouldn't work out but i mean if if you borrowed the couple's phones and you had your own phone i could take a picture of the couple with my phone i could take a picture of the couple with each of their phones and then put an iPhone, uh, like uh, a four, like create like a, uh, what do you call that? Like a, bo uh, like a little like box. A box around yeah. the end of your lens. So you yeah. have this sort of infinite reflection, kind of, of like being of in a... a <laughs> they're here, they're here, yeah, they're yeah, here. Yeah, kind and of then like they're there. being in a lift or whatever with all the it's mirrors. Amazing. And then I'm doing uh, that as well, doing that at the weekend. And then obviously you're taking a photo <laughs> of the couple. But, I, you know, I mean, this is, again, like, this is just that a, idea again. I suppose it was an idea born out of the frustration of seeing all the iPhone reflection photos that, mm. you know, again, I, I'm not, you know, I think if you produce brilliant iPhone reflection photos, then fair enough. What if you, what if you don't have an iPhone? You only have, like, an Android? Yeah, I guess, yeah. My phone's not shiny yeah, enough. I've got a big new phone, so I could, I could yeah. probably... You could make mega People are probably going, why them? aren't they talking about phones? They always talk about phones. Mm. Uh, we're not talking about phones. Mm. We, yeah, spent, we spent the last hour before the podcast talking about Eric's phone. Yeah. Going, we'll knock it down that road. Mm. So again, let me just say, I'm not, I'm not necessarily... <laughs> against it. Against. Uh, it's, sure. uh, again, it's kind of like the intent. I know <clears throat> we were in a situation a few weeks ago where we, we were talking about like the intent of creativity. Like, does it matter mm. That a double exposure happens in the camera, or does it matter if the double exposure happens through software, either on the camera or through Photoshop, Photoshop. or whatever? And, and to be honest, I don't think it matters as long as the intention is there to do it in the first place. And to create yeah. something unique. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you accidentally come across it, or if you're just doing it because you've seen other people do it, and if you're producing poor results by doing double exposures, then you should just accept that and move on and not be proud of that until you've harnessed the power, mm. you know, until you've gotten the piece that you're kind of proud to show. And I think, again, like, that's something that we've... But I think that's the question you should... You, like, if you're a year or two in this industry and you're trying to create your own style and create something new, that that's the question you should be asking yourself. Am I creating this photo here because I've seen it somewhere before? Or am I creating stuff that I want to create? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. am I being creative? It's, uh, I mean, the, or am the, I hardest, being influenced? the hardest thing for any body in any creative industry or field to do is to start a new trend if you think mm -hmm. about it like that is like lightning striking or yeah and oftentimes if you're accredited with starting a new trend you're like the you're like the third generation in on that trend mm -hmm. already like anyway the, yeah, yeah the person who's already who's created has moved on and they're creating something else you yeah. know what i mean but you know i mean i don't know how how any i don't know if there's 
And there's probably a difference between, well, there is a difference between inspiration and copying, you know, that yeah. kind of way. But I think, yeah. I think maybe the line is, has muddied somewhere as well. I, I, look, I think the most important thing is, is if you're going around and, you know, um, taking photographs because your Instagram feed is filled with those photographs, that to me is a good indication that you should be looking for something else, another style or another way. I mean, mm. I mean, I don't know if prisms and rings of fire and uh, I don't know what other utensils people are carrying around with them these days. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> <I'm but> <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's what the video I'm for because you just, get a bit of movement. Just one second, let me get my. <laughs> Do you think I can plug in my KitchenAid? Yeah. It's a new thing I've got going on. But doesn't this all lead to where maybe what Dave's presentation was about? Because if you are, you know, shooting that 98%, then you are creating something unique. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe that's... Well, what, no, my, my... What your thing is so... Well, my uh, message to people was... You are creating... You didn't have to worry too much about all the other stuff yeah. that you were trying to do because what you are doing, aside from that, is really what people are going to want. Mm. Yeah. There's really such the a freedom in it. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you don't go to a wedding with that stress of, you know, what am I going to do with the portrait session? How am I going to well, not epic, epic get, up this? And not everybody can get to the clips of Mohair. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, shoot yeah. the most epic landscape. Not everybody can do that. Yeah. You know, so you don't need to worry if you're not doing that because yeah. trust me that the majority of people you're shooting for, they don't want that anyway or they don't, they're not going to hold that as being the important mm. stuff mm. down the line. We all know that, uh, I mean, those like Dave's presentation next, you know, shows that like I was at a wedding this past weekend and a couple that I photographed last year were there and, you know, that I suppose the conversation like we were, t- we were saying earlier about kind of preparing couples for what you're going to deliver or at least explaining to them the intention of what you're going to deliver, I've kind of gotten into the habit of kind of explaining that the the more remarkable photographs after your wedding will become less remarkable, and the the photographs yeah. that weren't as remarkable will become more mm-hmm. remarkable as time goes on. And even using that word "remarkable" kind of sets people up for that expectation of you know what is what are we expecting to be remarkable? Are we mm-hmm. expecting the sunset photo with us as a couple, the ones that we might end up putting on the wall as remarkable, or you know, something that I've also got into the habit over the past six months, which I think is a, is a good way of putting it, is the photographs that I want to produce for couples will more than likely end up on your fridge than your mm, wall yeah. or your wedding album. And it was one of these photographs that the, this couple, like I said, were, was at a wedding on Saturday. And, and uh, I just remember there, I was in a particular, we were doing the hugs and the kisses and the, the, one of the photographs had jumped into my mind. And it just happened that the couple were standing right beside me. And I just turned to them and said, do you guys remember... I said, do you want to know what one of my favorite photographs of, of your day was? And I said, yeah, yeah, which one? I said, it was the one where, was where your mom came out and your dad saw her and he started to cry. And they both welled up, like yeah, both them welled up at the <laughs> thought. And I said, oh my God, we love my dad. I hate that photograph, but we love it. And so when that happens, you know, like that's the equivalent of a home run or, or what, like that you've achieved. I've said in the past, in fact, I've said it to a couple of people, like if I could produce one of those photographs, if someone came to me and said, now that my dad has passed on and said, how much is this photograph worth to you? Mm-hmm. I, to me, that photograph would be worth our entire pay for the day. Yeah. You know, it's not until we, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys are the same. There are photographs that your couples probably hold. You know, I know Dave, you've shown examples. I know Paul. I mean, I, I suppose as wedding photographers, we all have this you know, these stories or these situations where we know that the photographs that we don't expect to be the most remarkable end up being the most remarkable. And uh, to me, that's the, you know, that's the goal, I guess. 
And it's funny, you know, if you guys, because you guys got married a good bit before myself and Dee, so probably before the wedding industry in Ireland anyway, mm -hmm. had really, you know, kicked off to, you know, where there was so much choice. And you think back to your own wedding images, I bet you there's images that you, you and Siobhan have and you and Elaine have that are super important to you, but aren't, aren't like the best pictures in the world either, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know what I mean? That, that just proves the point right there. Yeah, yeah but, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, I get asked all the time who took her photographs and, and uh, not, you know, again, like... Who did take your pictures? Exactly. Like, it's just my brother-in-law took some photos on really? the day. Yeah, that was it. So, I mean, it wasn't like... We didn't put a whole lot of thought into, into it, like as in... What year did you get married, sorry? So, she wanted to marry 12 years now. 12 years, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it wasn't that we didn't think that a good photographer could have done what we do at weddings. It was just, I suppose... Um, you know, in, in, you know, in relation to everything else, it wasn't, you know, we just decided that we'd spend the money on booze and just have, you know, I mean, in hindsight, I don't think that we made a mistake either. I just think, you yeah. know, we, like you said, like, I think there's a, you know, there's a beauty. In, so for us as professional wedding photographers, obviously there's a level of execution that we're expected to deliver. And I think that is absolutely, most definitely right that if someone's paying you a fee that you should be well beyond what the people who were there with regular cameras or phones should be able to deliver and there's there's nothing wrong with that but i was happy with the lo-fi quality of photographs oh, uh, yeah. that everybody could deliver if you know what i mean mm. it wasn't kind of like we didn't need the standout again i suppose maybe it was just our realization that the most important photographs weren't going to be of us standing on the you know the cliffside of wicklow and, mm. and things like that it was just going to be of you know, the random ones of family and friends and things, which mm -hmm. I guess isn't really a message that I want to get out there. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> no, but for your 13-year no, for, those... vow renewal, though, that will be important. So mm -hmm. just to let you know that like, I am available. <laughs> we'll You're on the cliffs. You're number one. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, if that's the, maybe that's the thing. Maybe for photographers you think that's... You know the edge of a cliff. Maybe that's more important to the photographer than it is. Yeah, to the no, I agree. I agree. I mean, oh, definitely. But yeah. it's like it's like what you were saying earlier, Paul. It's about that whole. You're, you know, you're, uh, and you wouldn't be the only one who's using Instagram as a marketing tool. Mm -hmm. So it's that, those shots are going to pull people in. Mm -hmm. Whereas if Eric was to put up his favorite shot from his wedding day taken by his brother-in-law, mm -hmm. and you know, it's probably not going to stop anybody on their tracks. Yeah, but. To you guys, that means yeah, yeah. the world, and same for yourself, Paul, with your own. Yeah, no, absolutely. Images. I totally agree. Like I remember whenever we, <clears throat> whenever we got our wedding images, and I remember um, Tim. So we had, you know, Tim from this modern mm -hmm. love take ours, and we went. Tim took us out to this bell tent at night, and set up a flash inside the bell tent, and we were standing. I remember, I remember thinking, "It's going to be amazing." You know, it's going to be, it's going to be mm. such an amazing shot, and it was an amazing yeah, it shot. Is, yeah, 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 I remember that. A slightly long exposure. The sky kind of mm -hmm. had a bit of light in it. And the, t the tent all lit up, and there's this beautiful silhouette of me and Dee, and I was like, oh, that's incredible. But there's sometimes, whenever I think about my own wedding photography, I don't, or my own wedding images, I don't even think about that image, because mm -hmm. it's so far away from mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. what was kind of important on the day. It's amazing. That's it. It's, it's it mad is, how it things is. change that remarkable. And yeah, I suppose it's funny that, you, that you know, you've lived through the wedding, and, and Paul's obviously, like you said, been married a few years longer than you have, and... You know, I'm not sure how Paul feels about his wedding photography now, but I mean, it is, it is kind of funny that, you know, and I'm sure, you know, listeners who are listening to this and listening, listening to us talk about the, you know, the, 
what we're how we're explaining our, our feelings towards the photography. They're they're sitting at home or they're driving in the car, they're doing whatever whatever it is that they do while they're listening to the podcast. And they're agreeing with us, or at least the majority of people are probably agreeing with us that the most important photographs are the ninety eight percent. But yet we're all still advertising and promoting the two percent. Yeah. I guess that's the, the irony of the situation is that I'm sure that look there are photographers who specialise in the two percent. And they do a really good job at that, and, yeah. and uh, I mean, a few come to come to mind, but everybody else who's you know, and this has been something for ten years now. Like you go to websites, you see the word documentary photographer and all this, and I'm guilty of it myself. But the images we're choosing to to show are, are I mean, you know, the definition of a documentary photographer, I suppose, is is what's kind of that maybe debatable, but. You know, the promoting ourselves as documentary photographer, like have your day the way you want to have it, but yet we're going to go off for half an hour, forty five mm. minutes, and take pictures at the cliff edge or whatever it is. So I'm I get, calling myself the ninety eight percent wedding photographer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a two percent, two percent portrait photographer. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's the irony, really. It's it's yeah, it's a tough one, but like you know, like we've, we've kind of said. Like, I mean, look, I've explained to you guys my theory before that I, I guess the you know, and with Siobhan as well, who's kind of wants me to maybe share more um you know pleasing photographs that are more sort of pleasing to the to the to the masses which you know she's looking at from a very practical side which i can't argue against really but ultimately well, uh, sorry yeah no i'll just make break point, in like, there i was going to say that i don't think what you share though is like i think what you share is clever at the same time because sure. What you do share is something that maybe has an interested premise behind it. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, you know, has a good tagline that can describe what's important on the wedding yeah, day yeah. and stuff like that. Well, I don't think what I share is... Like, I don't think it's... it's Like, there's thousands of people sharing similar images, I think. Like, I don't think what I mm -hmm. share is any different from what a lot of other people share. But I guess maybe it's just the consistency of sharing those mm. types of images. But I think you are using Instagram differently, but cleverly at the same time. Right. So you, you, you are using it as a marketing tool, but I think in a, in a good sense, you're using it as a diff, in a different way mm. as the majority of 90% of people use yeah. it. You know, well, do you know what? Like, so the point really was, is that, that, that I kind of, like if you were to take 100 couples and sort of divide them up into what they're looking for in a wedding photographer. So let's say 60 of those 100 couples are looking for cliff-edge photographs. Mm. There are... So 60% of the couples are looking for that type of wedding photographer. And let's make an assumption that 80% of wedding photographers are producing those images. That leaves 40% of the other couples yeah. And only 20% of the photographers. Yeah. Mm. So if you can put yourself into that section of the demographic, all of a sudden you have more couples than can be sustained by the types of photographers that are yeah. dealing with them. Yeah. Whereas the other end of the spectrum, you're one of your surplus to requirements in the other spectrum. Yes. True. That theory has yet to prove in itself in practicality, but <laughs> I'm staying well, no. stubborn. With it. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you, you could look at one person's feed, and it might be a collection of beautiful sunset photos. Yeah, you know that kind of way, and then you you turn around and you book that client and you don't get a sunset in your wedding day and where does that leave you? Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? So there is a lot to be said about trying to trying to change the way you're you're using it and what you're showing what you're trying to the type of people you're trying to attract and a bit more of reality and what you're trying mm -hmm. to show as mm -hmm. well you know I suppose 
So anyway. Well, um, we've talked about Instagram for quite a long time. Yes. Jesus. Everybody really wants to know Eric. This is all everybody really wants to know. Tell us. Eric shot a very important wedding recently. Not a very important wedding. Every, all weddings are wedding. important. Oh, all yeah. weddings are important. Dave. But come on. What a coup. What a coup. What a coup, yes. Eric. Eric shot the wedding of Jorge Garcia from Lost. Lost? Yeah, yeah. Lost! Hugo, or um, I guess Hugo. Is it Jorge or? No, Jorge is his. his yeah. But they call him his, Hugo. His, Hugo is his um, cast, or his Lost, Lost character. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a that was an interesting an interesting day. Yeah, it was good fun. I have to say, I mean, if anybody gives you um, kind of creative freedom to do to do what you want to do, it's probably that type of person. You know, that it kind of felt unusual in the sense that I suppose in my head I kept on thinking like usually they're trying to get away from photographers rather than so it probably felt a little bit odd for them to be in that scenario, or maybe they just don't. They just maybe it's just something that's just so common in their life that they just that it's just glazed over that they don't even right. see me you know what I mean because it didn't that seem must have been just amazing to it was yeah it was be starstruck I mean, at all or no I don't think well I tell you what after the wedding I suppose I maybe became a little bit more aware of how big of a personality he is and um mm-hmm. how admirable he is as well because he's you know he's uh he's 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 um yeah he's an interesting he's a, he's a very interesting guy and his his wife um, Rebecca is. Well, I mean, I just had the greatest fun with him. If I'm honest, so nice. like uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was just a, it was a great day. And 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 uh, I mean, I don't really know. Obviously, there are little stories. I suppose the only you know the story like people kind of ask about you know did you talk about Lost or anything like that? And and I had to kind of mentally prepare myself not to make any sort of. I, I just didn't want to be that guy, I guess. Maybe I felt that that would be yeah. not professional of me or whatever to joke about loss. But there was a point where uh, out in front of the um, of the venue, there was like a field with long grass and things. And I'd kind of mentioned to them that during the, when the guests are being brought in to sit down, that we would go out to that field. And, and Jorge was, you know, a little bit kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, sure, we'll see. Maybe if we have time. Like he wasn't, he just kind of like, you know, he just felt like, you know, again, he wasn't that overly interested. In, I was kind of more thinking about Rebecca at this yeah. stage. That she, and again, this kind of maybe just comes down to what we were talking about earlier, that you feel the pressure to produce at least something like, you know, yes. at least a handful of these. You know, it's kind of maybe that pressure is completely in our imagination. But mm-hmm. at the same time, so I said, ah, guys, look. So the dinner bell rung and, and uh, the people were being sat and having their orders taken. We all know that sort of type of time of the day. So I said, come on, guys, let's go out to the long grass. So we're walking out to the long grass and, and uh, Jorge mentioned something about snakes and, and Ireland and things. We kind of laughed about that. But just there's like a, a five or ten second silence and uh, we were walking further out into the middle of this field. And he just says, gosh, I hope we can find our way back. Awesome. Which was, you know, it's obviously, you know, a, re- a reference to, to the show and to that, you know, whole element of finding their way back to the island and everything. And. It was just, you know, I, I took it in as kind of like, I suppose that I got a little bit of gratification out of it because totally. I felt like, you know, <laughs> you know and, and I couldn't admit to them, I still haven't really admitted to them that Lost was a, was a huge, you know, for me, I, like I, I couldn't wait every week. I was yeah, on tender yeah. hooks to see what was going to happen and uh, like, like a lot of people were. So, mm. um, you never once mentioned like going back to the others or anything like that. No, no, I kept, well, I mean, there were probably some innuendos maybe that, that I, <laughs> so many. there are probably some things that were said 
unintentionally that maybe yeah. they felt like, did he mean to say that? Or is that just... Uh, Oh, it must have been so mad. Actually, I would find myself, I know for a fact that I would find myself so nervous. Yeah. If I had wa- if I walked into the building in the morning yeah. and saw him standing there, I'd be like, yeah. oh. Yeah, no, it was. You know, just, a, I find it hard to comprehend. He's a, he's a, he's a big guy. Like he's a, he's a, a big like unit, a, isn't no, he? Yeah. No surprise to anybody, but he's also very tall. Like he's, he's over six foot. And uh, I mean, anybody that kind of physically makes me feel small is uh, is a, is a you know it's kind of like man, he's a big fella. Like yeah. and uh, it, but you know, great sense of humor and uh, you know, like I said, the whole day was amazing. He had I didn't know who we had kind of been joking ourselves about like you know showing up and there being the, like the cast of the TV show yeah, there that, that and, and, and you know or whatever it would have been like that would have been hilarious. Would have been a little bit uh, hard to. I don't know. Anyway, to, to to keep your cool or whatever, but you know there were some other celebrities there. Like, oh yeah, I was going to ask you that. Was well, there, there wasn't anybody. Was he there? No, there weren't any any there. The there were a few people who had connections to Lost, but none of the other characters. Okay. Um, and uh, Rebecca herself is she's actually a co-star on on uh, Hawaii Five O with Jorge. So I think oh, right. like a lot of their friends and uh, and family are kind of in the uh, you know in that sort of in those circles of people in, in LA. So um, they're all actors and you know performers of of, of different. Uh, there's some composers there and things like that. So it was kind of fun. Yeah, cool. yeah. Cool. That's amazing, man. That is amazing. So yeah, well, remember the books. Famous. When you're more, f- Eric, remember us when you're more famous, would you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> remember us when you're more famous. Ten rising yeah. stars. Yeah. Yeah. Ten shooting stars. The right, the, the risen, the, yes. the star, the star. Yeah. Mm. The star. The star. The only one. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm. That's it. Um, awesome, incredible, huh? Um, I wonder how long have we been recording? A long time. About an hour. Is it? Yeah. Was oh, that all? Mm-hmm. Oh, 40 minutes, right 30 time, minutes. Oh, right, maybe okay. about an hour and 10, yeah. Okay. Oh, we're doing right for time then. Well, um, well, I just have a quick look on because there was one or two little questions. Who is you your cut f- out that bit about me asking <laughs> Emma, Emma from Edit House asked, "Who is your favourite videographer?" <laughs> I thought she was going to say photographer. I'll have to say uh, in that regard. Well, let, let, let me just say, also say we were just talking about that wedding. Uh, Emma mm. came along and shot that wedding with me, so she was she was. Um, she was uh, kind of instrumental in the in the crack, we'll say, in the fun that we had. Because mm. I always have a great time with them. I'm sure we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, my favourite videographer, um, the one who doesn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just. Roasted. I mean, I suppose there are characteristics of of my favourite videographers, and uh, well, well, we'll say. Um, We'll say I, I don't really have a, a, a ultimately a favorite. I have a, a few favorites. This is apart from Emma, of course. Of course, yeah. Emma, Emma. It's kind of like you can't vote for yourself. You can't vote for the person who, who asked the question. Who asked the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I can't really say. I mean, that's kind of a. I, I don't. I can't really. I mean, I think the, the one. The one who brings me. The one who brings me coffee is my. Is my <laughs> yeah. all the one who doesn't get in my way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> an afternoon delight. Asks afternoon delight. What's your? She is hot. What's your? I won't say anything. What's your favorite <laughs> donut? Oh, what's oh, your favorite donut? Favorite That's a donut. great question. It's a. It's yeah. My favorite. Do- so I know. I'll the tell answer. you mine after. You know what? The, the answer to that question is funny because it's not the donut. It's my favorite donut is one that I never buy. So my favorite donut is a is a double glaze. It's just a simple ring donut, a glazed ring donut, right? Wow. But you go into the donut shops in Dublin, you see that they're three euro. And then 
all these other like you know like the you know the filled donuts with fancy stuff you kind of see like a ring donut with a bit of glaze on it you go oh, that, that that looks quite plain compared to the other the, donuts the other uh, that are like, like filled like, in like, uh, and they cost oh I really like a double glaze but if it was a Two euro, I'd probably go with the double glaze. But seeing as how it's the same price as these really fancy boutique style donuts. Yeah, I'll have that one stuffed with Oreos, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the answer to the question is uh, my favourite donut is a double glaze. So anybody who wants to find their way to my heart, be a Boston Krispy Kreme. Boston Kreme is my favourite. A Boston Kreme, yeah. Oh, the, just love the, a Boston the, Kreme. Yeah. Where do you get these in Boston? No, anywhere, man. All right. get, it's a chocolate donut basically filled with custard. Oh, it's called yeah. Boston cream? It's called yeah. Boston oh, okay. cream. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like a crispy cream. Oh, yeah. they're lovely. Shows you what I know about donuts. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you know, I mean, everybody will be aware of Tim Hortons. Well, not everybody, but you know, Tim mm-hmm. Hortons is a famous Canadian donut franchise. And they used to do the donut. They used to, every, every sort of French, every shop or every store, or every Tim Hortons used to cook their own donuts in the, oh. in the just like they do, I suppose, in whatever the donut shops in Dublin but yeah the, the Boston cream was uh, always uh, high up in my it's favorite. a classic yeah 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 are you, are you are you uh, I have to ask this for D are you a bready donut guy or are you um, doughy yeah doughy doughy yeah, yeah, I like doughy. the doughy as doughy. well yeah yeah he yeah. yeah. likes I, the bready ones I just buy some bread put some yeah, exactly. chocolate on it yeah some Nutella there yeah, you go exactly you can do it. Yeah. If you're going to have bread, have bread. This is making me <laughs> hungry. Donuts. Dough. 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 Um, Eric, that was awesome. Yes. Uh, Thank thanks. you so much. Oh my God. And I we can't wait until you're here next week. It's going to be amazing. I'm flattered, yeah. I'll, I'll be sitting in your seat next week, Dave, I think. Yeah, That's we'll it. be interviewing you, Dave. Yeah. I think I'll just, I'll leave you guys to it. This is a raw podcast with Paul and That's Eric. it. There is no Dave anymore. Dave's gone. <laughs> Dave's left the building. Dave's been evicted. <laughs> Um, Eric, that was really good. <clears throat> are you ready for some burgers? Burgers! Is it too early for burgers? Or we have no, burgers? no. It's five it's, o'clock it's, somewhere, man. It's, it's exactly burger time. Burger time. We will um, keep. We we will keep our Instagram. Uh, uh, Gosh, we did crowd quite uh, entertained. Entertained. Good we man. We did uh, talk about Instagram get with burger pictures. Thanks, and Dave. Things. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to get it out, Paul. <laughs> Anyway, thanks a million for uh, coming in, Eric. Thank you. And thanks to everybody who's listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. If you have any feedback or questions for Eric or anything like that, I'm sure it'll be on again. Uh, Just let us know. And you can find us at all the usual places. You'll see all the links in the show notes. And um, yeah, that's us. All right. I think that's a wrap. Thanks very much. That was brilliant. Eric, well done. Well done, Eric. This is what they do in the radio shows when they have a live audience. Well done, Eric. Thanks for coming in, man. All right. Appreciate it. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.